Welcome to the Cyber Guy Podcast, your source for engaging cyber education, cyber discussions, and a look at current cyber news and trends with retired FBI Special Agent Darren Mott. Good morning, friends, and or, or afternoon, evening, whenever you are listening to this. I am retired FBI Supervisory Special Agent Darren Mott. This is the Cyber Guy Podcast, your weekly podcast of a variety of different cyber topics. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time to download and listen. Over the course of the next um, several episodes, uh, approximately, I don't know, 10 or so, um, I'm going to, there's going to be shorter episodes than, than normally is on the Cyber Guy podcast. I'm the, I appreciate all the folks that that uh, participated in my origin story stuff over the summer, um, but we are now into Cybersecurity Awareness Month season. And in that honor, uh, I was at the National Cyber Summit here in Huntsville a couple weeks ago, and I recorded a bunch of folks there. I want to thank Quantum Research for allowing me to glom on to their, their booth there. Uh, and I recorded a couple people that you've heard in the past and a couple people that you have not. And so I'm, these were anywhere from 10 to 15 minute little interviews about what these folks do, where they kind of live in the cyber world, what's important to them. And it's always interesting hearing different perspectives from folks about what they do, why they do it, how they got to where they are. Because a lot of, you know, and part of my goal on this was um, I was asking them about where they stood on AI. So for the most part, but also interesting to see just for, again, from an origin story perspective, how they got to where they are today. So that's going to be over the course of the next several podcasts. I already have these, re these interviews recorded. So hopefully I can put these out on a more regular basis. Um, so you're going to see a bunch of these pretty quickly over the course of the next several weeks. As always, if you have thoughts, comments, suggestions on the podcast, feel free to email me, Darren at cyberguy.com. This first interview today is by a young man I met who was it was a very interesting interview. I wasn't sure what to make of it at first, but I loved his story. And that's why I'm, I'm having him go first. Cause I really appreciated what he had to say. Uh, his name was Joseph Miller. He is here in Huntsville. He's an information security management specialist at AEON, A-E-Y-O-N. Um, what exactly they do, I couldn't tell you. I guess if I, if I looked it up, I could tell you, but maybe he will. Um, but um, I hope you enjoy his story. We'll have that up in a couple minutes. But I want to talk about a couple other things that are going on. Obviously, I am recording this on Columbus Day. Um, it's federal holiday, so I'm sitting at home doing this. And obviously over the course of the weekend were the incidents or not the incident, but the terrorist attack that happened in Israel and the, the uh, ongoing responses to that. One thing I mentioned on my cyber smart morning news update this morning, available at all your favorite podcast providers, was that one of the things we're going to see going forward from this, from a cyber perspective, is cyber attacks against the state of Israel. We're already starting to see that from a Russian hacktivist group that started hacking some government sites. Um, there was a reporting that the wall that separated Gaza and Israel um, was a basically uh, a skater-like fence, I guess, for lack of a better way to put it. It was monitored so that if their ladders were placed on it, it would send signals to know that someone was trying to get over the wall. And apparently there was a cyber attack that made that particular part of that fencing um, infrastructure inoperable. So again, a cyber attack. And this is what we're starting to see, and we will see it as more... Um, regional conflicts and national conflicts or international conflicts occur is the use of cyber tradecraft to expand on the military actions that are ongoing. Now, will, will 
Israel do this against Gaza? I'm sure they will in some respects from a communication standpoint, trying to take down the communication capabilities of Hamas in Gaza and perhaps even Hezbollah in the West Bank. Um, I'm guessing on that, but I mean, something you'll probably see going forward. Um, and you can hear more about this on the Cyber Smart Morning News Update as those particular news items come, come up. I just wanted to note that here and mention if you're not downloading the Cyber Smart Morning News Update, please feel free to do so. Uh, if you were previously downloading the Cyber Smart Podcast, it's in the same place. So you'll still be getting that download. It's just going to have a different name. And it's basically a 10 to 15 minute look at the cyber news overnight. Is it an expansive news story like you'd expect from CBS News? It is certainly not. It is largely a quick highlight of the news with some uh, opinion thrown in and, and any time I can put an educational focus on it to kind of say, here's what this means for you. Here's what you can learn from this particular incident. That's what I'm doing with that. So as always, I appreciate thoughts or comments on if it's good, bad, things I can do better. Um, also, if you're listening to this and you know folks within the cyber community that would like to come on the podcast and talk about what it is they do in the cyber community, I'm certainly open to listening to those. Sometimes I do get requests from folks um, and they're people that are going to ask me to pay for them to be on the podcast, stuff like that, or, or their particular what they're looking to do doesn't really fit with what I'm trying to do. In other words, this podcast is designed to be more educationally and opinion focused um, and learn a little bit from a cyber thing to keep yourself safe. If you're just trying to sell technology, that tends to not fit quite as well simply from the fact that this is not a technically oriented podcast. As those who've listened to me know, those who were my roommates in college know that there's no way in hell this is going to be a technically focused podcast. I'm not that kind of cyber guy. I'm more a strategic and leadership focused cyber thinker. So that's kind of where I come down on that, but always happy to listen to folks and, and find out how they can fit in and, and have different guests of different types, which is what we're going to do here for the next couple of weeks with these podcasts from the National Cyber Summit. So the National Cyber Summit is an annual cyber conference held here in Huntsville. Uh, they say this was the most largely attended one uh, ever. Uh, and obviously, since we're now post-COVID, it's not surprising people want to get out and learn things. Um, I did do a Substack article on the purpose of conferences and there, there, there are benefits. People read it and said, well, you're kind of missing the point here that it's, you know, good to be, you know, to meet other people within the community. And I agree with that, uh, but there's so many cyber conferences. What are we, is anything being solved? That is my biggest issue. What's being solved. Um, one guy even said, look, if we're not here, then people don't know you exist. Okay. I get that. I understand that, but I think there's better ways. And that, that reminds me my Substack. So I started doing um, Substack articles once a week, maybe twice a week different things on my mind that I can kind of expand on beyond just your, your normal social media post on LinkedIn or X or whatever. So uh, you can go to the cyber guy at Substack and you'll find it there. Cyber again, spelled C-Y-B-U-R. But that's enough of my pitching of my stuff for right now. Let's get into this interview with Joseph Miller. Um, I hope you enjoy it. This is the first in the series of National Cyber Summit interviews. All right, so I'm joined by Joseph Miller of the company Aeon, A-E-Y-O-N, and he promises me an interesting intro to cybersecurity story. So, Joseph, thanks for taking stopping by, taking the time. Oh, no problem. Um, so, I always, I, I tend to give this story, tell this story a lot because people tend to ask because of my age. Um, when I tell them that I'm How over old are cyber, you? I'm 27. Okay. So, I'm um, over cybersecurity for a company of about 800 to 1,000 ish people. Mm -hmm. um, the only cybersecurity guy. Um, we the have only IT, one. Yeah, because we have IT and an MSP. But okay. The only you know on staff cyber guy doing all the things. Sure. Um, my my real focus that I love is GRC work. Mm -hmm. So govern you know just uh, policies procedures. Right. Governance, uh, regulations, and compliance. Right. Uh, risks. Risk and compliance. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. So I'm a I'm a big fan of that. 
But um, yeah, because because of my age, you know, most of the people that I've talked to here have just assumed I'm a student, like because I look like I'm seven. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yes. So uh, they they all assume I'm a student, and when I tell them that, their eyes get real big, and they kind of ask, "What you know? What's the story? How do you get where you are at that age?" And um, the reason is because I got thrown directly into the fire. <laughs> okay. So um, I started working for this company, um, doing odd jobs, right? Doing uh, hey, can you learn? Do you know CAD? No, but I can learn it. Uh, can you use a laser to measure the sides of this army barracks? No, but I can figure it out. Is this the same company? No, this is a different company. Okay, gotcha. So this right. is kind of where I got started. Okay, I'm with you. So um, I was working for that company, and their admin left. Like he was, he was about to get ready to leave, and they said, "Hey, you have an IT degree. How would you like to be the only IT guy for four companies?" And I said, "That sounds awful. I'll do it," because one day later, I had actually had a job aligned with another company in town that I was about to go to tier one help desk for. It was going to be my first IT job. And they offered me the keys to the kingdom. And it was horrifying to say the very least. <laughs> Absolutely a nightmare for as the whole time I did it. It was just no help desk system, no one to help me. I got two weeks of training. Right. The environment was super weird. It was like, it was an AWS environment, but instead of using their built-in virtual machine type tools, mm -hmm. they had it built out with virtual machines like an on-premises environment with Active Directory and everything built into the servers, but running them online and connecting to them with thin clients, which is kind of very yeah, interesting well. instead of just using the built-in tools they have. Sure. But um, it, it was a really interesting situation. Because was, that, was that here in Huntsville? Yes. Okay, gotcha. So it was really interesting because um, I got my hands on, you know, virtual and like kind of on-prem. But so, um, so you know, I worked there, you know, kind of built up my resume there, um, worked, you know, worked hard, worked my butt off because, you know, at one point they said, hey, we need to do CMMC. And my immediate response was, what in the world is CMMC? <laughs> that must have been what about? Four years ago? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what in the world is that? What are you talking about? So, you know, that night I looked into it and it was, I was just like, you know, holy crap. So you hadn't been doing NIST 800-171 up to that point, no, right? No, it, yeah, okay. it had been very little on the cyber front, mostly just IT work. Oh, right? gotcha. Okay, I'm with you. Yeah. So um, we looked and, you know, that was, that was a ride, absolute ride to try to, you know, doing all that, working with another company because I, you know, at that point I told them I cannot do this alone. I'm doing all the help desk tickets. We have no ticketing system. Everyone's just coming up and yelling at me to do things. Uh, AWS breaks every three seconds because of the way we had it set up. For this company for about four years, and um, I moved over to Aon. So I came into Aon. Technically, I, I worked for a different company that Aon bought. And uh, they had already bought the company, but at, right now they're still a subsidiary because of government contracts that have the name of that company on them, blah, blah, blah. So um, I started work for them as an IT technician uh, with their systems administrator. Um, I came in to their, I came, and I uh, came in and got immediate vulnerability scanning experience because they had, they had set up a vulnerability scanner to check a box off for CMMC, but weren't looking at it. So we had about 1,200 vulnerabilities. Mm -hmm. Only 1,200. <laughs> so in about three months, I got it down to about 200. And that's as, you know, as far as I could get because of all the legacy tech they were using on servers and things like sure. that. So um, from there, and about six months later, um, the IT team lead came up to me and was like, hey, listen, we know you have a passion for security. We can tell. The first thing you did when you came in and said, or came in is say, where is MFA? Why is this not enabled? You know, what's what's going on? Because the shop, it was the same as the other place where it was, it was a shop ran by IT guys, not security guys. Right, right, right. So the first thing I did was come in and start asking these questions. Where's your MFA? Where's this? Where's that? 
And um, I bet they love that, though. Oh, I think they did because <laughs> six months later, here I am, you know, the lead of IT for the company. I've been there for about a year and a half now, but you know, six seven months, I'd moved to there. And and the reason I kind of say this is a unique story is because it's a good combination of right time, right place, mm-hmm. and just working your butt off. Yeah. And that's what I cannot emphasize enough to people coming up in security right now that are coming up through college that are trying to find their job is this is you're never going to stop learning you have to work your right. butt off 24 7 you can't stop you know every day i'm listening to podcasts i'm watching the news i'm getting updated on all these things and you a, a lot of, a lot of college students i've talked to seem to just think that because there's a lack of jobs in cyber that they'll just come in and get whatever oh, there's not want. a lack there's a lack of oh, people to fill jobs sorry that's what i mean sorry a lack yeah. of lack of people to fill jobs right, right. but so they just think they're just going to come in and get the job and learn there but it doesn't work like right that. You have to put in the effort. You have to get your certs. Like, uh, you know, there's a very low chance if you've never had an IT job, very low chance that without a security plus, you're going to get any type of security analytics role, anything. Right. So that's a good question, right? So where, so where did you go to college? I went to UAH. Okay. And four years degree? Uh, yeah, four okay. year degree. And did you, did you get cybersecurity out of the engineering department or did you do the business administration information systems? So they started the cybersecurity uh, degree the year after I graduated. Of so course. I have informa- right. Of course. So why wouldn't they, right? So I have the information <laughs> systems with a focus in cybersecurity. Okay. So, so here's a question, right? So Looking now, where you at? I assume you have you have CISSP and all that kind of stuff. Uh, really, I just have this, uh, the Security Plus. And honestly, CISSP really is just a leadership role, and you can you study for a test. I know plenty of people right. who have CISSP. If you said, "Hey, give me what's layer four of the OSI stack," they'd be like, "Yeah, I don't know. Right. I knew it when I needed to know. I don't know it now." Yep. Right. No. So, so that's but that's my own thing. I'm kind it? of in a weird camp like that too, where I'm where I want to be, and I'm learning every day on the job. Yeah. I'm kind of so I, I want to do more search. Don't get me wrong. Like sure. Search are important. But you gotta find gotta find the time for them. When? So I'm, I'm getting the knowledge. I'm getting the know-how so I don't need the certs right now that's good yeah so I, I know what my limit is because like I said there's a thousand of people and one right of right so. and I think honestly if, if you can you know security plus is the base one for, right. for this level and once you do that as long as you learn what your job role is and how to work it the certs are great to have and maybe if you wanted to go to another job and they, the problem is with companies I think is they put applications out for, we want this position, but you have these certifications. Right. And the certification may have nothing to do with what you're doing. If you're trying to do forensics, yeah, maybe you want a forensics. If you're trying to yeah. do a pen tester, maybe you want a penetration testing certification would right. certainly be helpful. But not say, like, if you needed to do penetration testing for your company, you could probably figure out how to do it. Wouldn't yeah. be that complicated, right? Just a quick YouTube. You, you go pay, yeah, you go pay $10,000 to somebody to come do it, or you could figure it out and do it and save right. the company $10,000. But um, so here's a, here's a question when you were talking, I thought. So you're the, the, the lone cyber guy, cybersecurity yeah. guy, and you got the IT group. How many people in the IT group? Uh, six, not counting. All right, so how is that relationship between what they do and what you do? So it's actually, so the company I'm working for now, Aon, is... Wonderful. Okay. Right? Like wonderful. So um, we actually, I mean, we work completely in tandem. Like right now, the person that I'm managing, so I'm a, I'm a manager. I have one person that I'm managing, and he's not cyber at all. He's only the IT team. Okay. So we integrate. I mean, I'm in every one of their meetings. I work directly with the knowledge manager, who's also the IT team lead. Like she is my manager because I'm technically on the IT team. I'm just the only one focused with cyber. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if there's a day where they are just absolutely swamped, I'll send them a message and offer to help. That's okay. Keep going. She's not that loud. It's fine. But uh, so, you know, I'll go out and I'll, I'll even go out of my way and say, you know, I'll help. So I'll do help desk for a day if I need to, that kind of thing, because we're, we're still a pretty small shop. Sure. So because of that, you know, I train, I train in help desk, I train in security, whatever we need people to do. But because of that, we work really close together in tandem. 
So I guess so that's good. So when you come in and say, hey, this, you know, from a risk perspective, we need to do this and this is why it works. They're not pushing back and no. saying, no, uh, no, because we want to do it this way. So that's good. That's great yeah. that you have that, have that relationship. That really needs to be, you honestly should go to conferences and talk to that, right? Say, here's, here's how we make this work and how it's effective. Because I think a lot of organizations have an issue with, you have the, 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 the CISO side yeah. and you have the CIO side who's dealing with the IT folks and they just sometimes disagree on stuff and yeah. probably to the detriment of the company as a whole. Yeah, no, absolutely. That was a, a big a big problem where I was before was mm-hmm. kind of the miscommunication, the you know things like that that would happen between the two different types of IT folks, uh-huh. and it was you know frustrating to say the very least. So I'm asking everybody this question: How are you bringing AI into your role in your corporation? How is your company dealing with AI, and and where, what do you what's your take on AI? So my take on AI is I'm horrified. <laughs> okay, I'm absolutely scared. Out of my mind. No, you're not. Oh. You're not scared because you're like, thinking they're going to get smart and kill us all. Are no, you? no, no. I'm okay. scared for the implications of cybersecurity. Yeah. The risk, the additional yeah. risk. Yeah. So uh, the way we're using it right now is that we are telling everyone to stay away from it, at least until we can get a grip of how we want to use it. Right? Like we're not going to say no one can ever use AI because AI is a very powerful, strong tool that can do a lot for us. Right. But AI is also just going to be a horrible security detriment. Um, yes, if you incorporate it into the, into the network system right, right yeah. mm-hmm. And not only that, you know, someone from China right now could say, get on ChatGPT or WormGPT because Chat, but you can get around the ChatGPT, you know, uh, requirements. Yeah, yeah, the prompts. They, yeah. Right. They could easily go, hey, write me a phishing email with this word using a vernacular of someone in the South of North America. And you've got the perfect phishing email. Sure. And it's just, it's, it's wild to me. So the only real application we have right now is, um, I've been writing a lot of policies and procedures. Like I said, I'm, I'm big into the GRC. That's my favorite thing. Okay. So I've written all of our policies, you know, IT security policy, everything. And uh, one of the things I do is I'll reread it a couple times. And if I go, that just doesn't sound professional enough, I'll throw it into chat GPT and say, hey, b- make this more, or take this and make it business language. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's a real simple, like, I'm not putting anything proprietary online. It's just policies that look right. like everyone else's policies. I just wrote yep. them. But that's kind of the only way we're implementing it right now, specifically me making our policies sound a little bit more professional. Gotcha. All right. So what's the future for Joseph Miller? Great question. Um, <laughs> cybersecurity, for sure. Yeah. Um, hopefully more on the GRC side, less on the helping with help desk side. That's awesome. Um, you know, I, I love it. I love everything about cyber. The uh, I'm very passionate about people in cyber. Um, I think I have UAH and Wallace are both wanting to interview me for uh, some some stances I have on people in technology and people in cybersecurity and how I feel about it. So I'm, I'm very passionate about that topic. So um, I'm hoping that you know in the future that I'll be able to speak at conferences, to yeah. speak online about how important, not just from like people are your biggest threat, like your, your employees are your, your biggest hole in security, but of protecting those employees, the protection, like why do you have mobile device man- management when you could have mobile application management? Do you have to have that on their bring your own device cell phone? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the freedom, the privacy is just as important to me as security and you have to balance it. And with that as well as upcoming people, our, our children, I believe it's very important to teach them young because I'm having the problem now where I, I fall in the belief of you can't change someone's cyber habits at work. You have to change them at home and they'll bring them to work. Exactly. So if we could ch- change the brains of these first graders, these second graders, these high schoolers to get this cyber hygiene built in at an early age, it could change the world. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to talk to those 
talk to those um, points because it's really important to me that we get these problems solved before AI really takes over, which I don't think we can do, but at least right. before maybe quantum computing takes over, you know, yeah. at least give us a little protection more. You know, it's just, it's it's a really hard industry to get people to follow, to, to get people to, to do what they need to do. Well, it's because a lot of companies think I don't have anything anyone would want, I'm too small, no one cares. And That's no one's too small, especially in Huntsville where everyone's a subcontractor. Exactly right. No one's too small. Joseph, thanks so much. If, if you're interested, I'd like to have you back on the podcast at a later date for a more longer conversation oh, beyond just this little sitting here. It'll be, it'll be a lot quieter. We won't have the overhead yeah. conversation. So yeah, no, I appreciate you stopping by and sitting down. Thanks so much. Absolutely. No problem. All right. Thanks. So once again, I want to thank Joseph Miller for joining me and sitting down at the table at the National Cyber Summit a couple weeks ago here in Huntsville to talk about how he got into the cyber industry and, and good things to learn from what he said and how he got there. Um, as always, if you have thoughts or comments on the podcast, feel free to email me, Darren at thecyberguy.com. Take a look at my different social media posts. Follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm most active. Um, you can also check out my Substack. Um, I'm also on X, Facebook, Instagram. It's all the cyber guy. So look for it there. Obviously, um, please download and listen to the Cyber Smart Morning News Update. If you're curious what happened overnight from a cyber news perspective, that's kind of the focus of that. And we will be back again sooner rather than later with more interviews from the National Cyber Summit. Thanks so much for listening because know that knowledge is protection. If we can understand the threats targeting us, we can assess our risk, proceed wisely. Have a great rest of your week. We will talk again soon.